EA is looking to sell or merge, but one deal has already fallen through. But it looks like 5% of Nintendo now has a controversial new investor. Tonight is May 22nd, 2022, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so you would say even if... Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what, what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore, what would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. What other podcast gets a level three hype train on Twitch before you even start? I guess it was that like, you know, they wanted the pre-show music to continue. I don't know. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to a hype edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here on Twitch, where I think we just hit, uh, I think we just cleared a level three. So now we're on level four and it goes up to level five hype train. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, for being here, we do tape the show live each and every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, at the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash vognetwork. That is where I am and uh, trying to uh, read intelligent comments from uh, throughout the night here from our chat room, uh, which is being very generous right now. Uh, you being here, you viewing uh, or, or listening or whatever you're doing or listening to the podcast, that's really uh, the best. Uh, the, that's really all we ask for. Uh, some people do wish to go above and beyond with bits and subscriptions to our Twitch feed, and we really do appreciate that. Uh, I read all those out at the end. I contributed this time because I want some some of these hype train emotes. Uh, so uh, I'll read those out at the end. But I do see and uh, appreciate all of the generosity uh, in uh, in helping Fog Network continue to pay its own bills. Uh, so we can continue doing this and not have it be a big uh, financial hit personally uh, for us. So, uh, yes, and Mike Deft even says, being here is more than enough. Yes, it is. Um, if you can't be here on Sunday nights, I completely understand. Uh, we are a podcast. You're probably listening to us on a podcast. We do have a Discord server. It's not uh, It's not a bustling Discord server. Uh, Vognetwork.com slash Discord gets you into the, that server. Uh, we have some text chat channels about each show, and uh, you can even submit. Essentially, people just submit news or things they want to talk about, or it's uh, announcements that we think that people should hear. We don't use at everyone or at here or anything like that, so you're not going to get pinged uh, being on our server. And uh, I, even though, like, there was an uh, opinion piece out today that not everything needs a Discord server, uh, and uh, they're actually kind of right. Like, not every game needs a Discord server. That's why I don't have my own personal Discord Discord server for my, you know, like for my stuff for this show. Uh, I share because I think that's better off. We have a little conglomerate of things here, and I think that's uh, that that's uh, that's that's probably the best way of doing a discord server. So that way people who are in like 50 of them, uh, my show and orange lounge radio, we use the same discord server. So that's, you don't have to be in two different discords for us. So thank you so much for the generosity. We are in the level four hype train. Thank you so much for that. I will read more about that. 
later on in uh, in the show at the end of the show. Uh, but also today, today is a very special day, and I didn't know about this until I was going through Overclock Remix stuff to figure out what I was going to play. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, Pac Man turns 42 today. Um, uh, so, uh, according to, uh, all the sources that are out there, uh, May 22nd, 1980 is when the first Pac-Man arcade machine went live in Japan. So, um, and, uh, Fifth Dream says Pac-Man is younger than me. Yes. Uh, Pac-Man, I mean, I'm 29. So, um, <laughs> plus Pac-Man is younger than I am too. But, um, uh, I, uh, I I saw this, and I actually had some Pac-Man stuff, uh, one of which is the things that I had in the kid, uh, as a kid, um, and it's a vinyl picture record. Now, it is not Pac-Man fever. I had lost my vinyl records. Like, I knew they were in my parents' house somewhere, in the house I grew up in. I just didn't know where, and for a long time, I thought I had Pac-Man fever on vinyl. That is not what this wound up being, but it is a picture vinyl of... Um, from the show, from, like using the cartoon characters from the show. It is a picture vinyl called the Pac-Man album. Um, it, it is a limited edition collector series. And I mean, I had this as a kid, so somehow like I did not buy this later on. Uh, come visit the magical land of Pac-Man and sing along with Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man. It's a land of excitement and adventure, so close your eyes and travel with us. Use your imagination and don't miss the fun. So uh, side one on this has the Pac-Man theme, which is not Pac-Man fever. Pac-Man's magic land, I'm number one, and the gang of Ghost Quarter. And side two is turning blue, he's too busy for me if it's a game, and the Pac-Man finale. And uh, one side has Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man uh, go- uh, dancing, and baby Pac-Man dancing around a jukebox. On one side. And then the other side has Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man going around, uh, running down a street uh, with pellets in the middle uh, and a ghost chasing them, the red ghost, whichever one the red ghost is. Yeah, so, uh, and Fifth Dream says, what does Pac-Man sound like? Um, it, you'd have to ask who voiced the show, the cartoon. Um, this is, let's see, MCMLXXX. So I'm guessing this is 1980. Is this really 1980? Same year it came out? That's interesting. I, I thought it would have been like 1981 or something like that. But, um, yeah, 1980. That's what, uh, I have to try to like read my Roman numerals here. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, it, it's, uh, I remember like listening to this very recently. I'm like, oh, it's not Pac-Man Fever. So it's, um, there were a lot of like story books. Like I have another album that is a like a Pac-Man, and it might even be the same thing. I don't know because there's actually like spoken word in between. It's like a children's story, uh, what I remember. So uh, Questbus says, "Have you tried playing it?" Yes, I I have a whole vinyl collection, and uh, the thing is, this is a picture vinyl, so this vinyl doesn't play as well. Uh, and I can even see like now that I'm holding it under my key lights, I'm like, oh, there's some fingerprints right there. Like, yeah, I need to like clean this vinyl because this was what I had as a kid. I had this one when I was a kid, and I'm 29 plus. Tiger Claw says, according to Google, Pac-Man was voiced by Marty Ingalls in the cartoon. I do remember the cartoon. In fact, I think the cartoon was even on one of the streaming services recently. And I was like, wow, yeah. But I didn't think it was as early as 1980. Um, 
And uh, Fifth Dream says uh, this limited edition picture of this, it's 30 bucks. If I wanted to sell it right now, it's $30. And there is a YouTube link of the full album. So if you want to hear it, there is a YouTube link in our chat room. It's not going to be in our show notes. Sorry, podcast listeners. But if you just look up the Pac-Man album limited edition picture disc from 1980, which I guess it is 1980. They were pretty quick on this. If the game didn't even come out in Japan until May 22nd and this was already out, uh, that was pretty quick. Um, The whole album's up on YouTube and you can listen to it. Uh, I also have up here... The Atari 2600 Pac-Man. I actually have a box copy. I even have the instruction manual for it and the car- uh, cartridge itself. Yes, it does actually work. Um, Life in Mazeland is what this says is like in the instruction. Because like back then, back in the day, we actually got instruction manuals that even had like little story and art and stuff. You know, it actually talks about how there's power pills and, and vitamins is what they, they call the, the And they even like have them. Uh, you know, illustrated here. Um, you're, you're, the object of this game is to keep Pac-Man happy and healthy in his maze, uh, in his home of Mazeland. Uh, Pac-Man starts the game with four lives or turns. The longer he survives, the more points you score. You score a point in uh, for every video wafer that Pac-Man eats. You also score points when Pac-Man eats power pills, vitamins, and ghosts. Every time Pac-Man eats all of the video wafers on the maze, he earns an extra life and a new maze full of video wafers. So that is life in Mazeland. Uh, and then it talks about video wafers and wafers and the ghost quartet. Uh, this is this is this is good stuff. Um, and the reason I have this because everybody will sit here and say, "Oh, it sucks." You know, th- th- this version sucks. And uh, Tiger Claw says, oh, I remember the Atari 2600 Pac-Man. It was the closest thing we got to play real Pac-Man, even though they failed at capturing the original. And they, they did, but the thing to know is if you, you know, look, if you talk to people that actually understand, like, Atari 2600 development, and I've even read some books about this uh, by Dr. Ian Bogost, who d- did, like, kind of a deep dive in several Atari 2600 games, is that this Atari 2600 game is the most technically masterful, masterfully coded game done at the time of Atari's current uh, of Atari being sold in stores. More technically advanced things have been done since because we've had 40 years of hacking the console. But in terms of like actual like technological wizardry and mastery to get Pac-Man to run on an Atari 2600, it is amazing. And I, I think, like, somebody even said, like, there's still stuff in this game. They don't understand why it works. Some of the things that he did. You got to realize, the Atari 2600 was created to uh, play one game, Pong. Uh, so when you're, creating a, you have, when you're creating an Atari 2600 game, you basically have, you have a play field. You have two sprites, two players, and a ball. And that's it. You don't have multiple characters that you are basically like they created it to play Pong and variations of Pong. So in order to get things like multiple ghosts going across the screen, they could only show one at a time because you have the one player. It is the Pac-Man. And then the other ghosts are the other player. And so that's why it flickers. It's because it's only showing one ghost every frame. And, you know, so it's not just cramming things into memory, even though that was a a big thing, but it was also 
uh, making it seem like the Atari 2600 was more capable of things than it was. Um, and and the, the, the crux of Atari 2600 development, one of the things that Pac-Man did really well, as, as did several other games that were very technologically advanced, like your pitfalls and stuff like that, uh, it's a technique called racing the beam. And what racing the beam is, is it's, it's basically you have time while the screen is rendering on a CRT. Because when, you, when you're rendering on a CRT, uh, it, a CRT television is uh, it, they have, it has this one beam that basically fires left to right on the top line and then goes down and left to right and stuff. So you have time. It's a short amount of time, but you still have time. Computers were still fast enough to go ahead of that beam. So the Atari 2600 knew where that line was. And as it was drawing, it would change things. So, like, uh, you could change colors. So it, like, knew, okay, at the top of the screen, render this. And so the player sprite is here, or, or the second player sprite is at the top of the screen here. But then once that beam has gone away from that top part, it would then move that second player to be in the bottom part. So that way it shows up twice on the screen. It, that's a very simplistic overview, and there's probably even some problems with that analogy. But that's essentially what they were dealing with, and that's why... Pac-Man working at all, even though it was not a faithful representation of the arcade game at the time, uh, was a technological miracle. Kudos to the programmer. And they, they have found the source code. I think there's even, like, it, it's out there and it's annotated. Uh, you know, they've got the, the dumps, but they, they, they've obviously dumped the ROM, so you have the source code there. But I think they've even found, like, the actual commented source code from the developer uh, who worked on this version. And it's, it's in, like, some historical archive and stuff like that. Rob Roberts says, yeah, for all the E.T. and Pac-Man were crappy game stuff we've been fed for many years, the technical parts were really astounding. All the mistakes were due to greedy uh, boardroom decisions. Some things never change. E.T., I still contend, is not a bad game. It was rushed, but if he had the time, if Howard Scott Warshaw had the time to fix the bugs, it would actually be a pretty good game. It had some good things in it. Uh, And the, the game that came out, is fine as long as you play on game three and you have the A-B difficulty set to B, uh, the, the difficulty switches. If you play on game three and those, it's not that bad except for, you know, yeah, you have some trouble getting out of the pits. But that that's the way I can play it. I can actually beat E.T. Well, beat E.T. in the sense of you clear the level and then you go to the next level, you know, wash, rinse, rinse repeat. But Howard Scott, War- Scott Warshaw was not bad at making games. He also made Yar's Revenge. So... um in NET, they did what they could do with a system that was designed to play Pong. And uh, Rob Roberts says, yeah, it was a 4K cartridge. Uh, Miss Pac-Man on the Atari 2600 was much better because it was 8K, uh, which was requested by the Pac-Man devs for this. But, you know, money. They wanted to make all the money. And Questbuster says that Howard Scott Warshaw also did Raiders of the Lost Ark, which had an inventory system, which was wild. Yes, like... It was amazing what they were able to do at the time, and they were pioneering all this. Uh, people who, uh, homebrewers that create Atari 2600 games today, have 40 years worth of knowledge and shared resources uh, from both official Atari de- uh, dev stuff from the 80s to things people have learned in the last 40 years, 35 years of hacking into the console and, and getting it to do amazing things. Uh, but Howard Scott Warshaw and the other developers at the time were doing that stuff then, but we're like, this killed the industry. No, it didn't 
kill the industry. So happy birthday, Pac-Man. Uh, I had a book. I read a book uh, here on the stream. You know, like last year or something. I found it, uh, and it was basically the person who was writing it in like 1981 or 1982 basically said Pac-Man was the pinnacle of video games. Like, will we ever have a game uh, as good as Pac-Man ever again? He, he, and he didn't think we would. He, he mused that we wouldn't. And I think what he said, like, uh, or Packy, as we all call him. I'm like, nobody calls him Packy. I should have pulled that book out, but it's, 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 I forgot to bring that one up there because there were some really good quotes about how Pac-Man was the greatest game that's ever going to be created. And nobody's ever going to make a game better than Pac-Man. And Tiger Claw says, I remember playing Raiders of the Lost Ark. It was a difficult game because you didn't know what you were supposed to do. That's what the manual is for. And that's a foreign concept nowadays because we don't have these. We all expect games to teach us in the game, which is great. I like the fact that we have the in-game tutorials. And But the fact is that games in the past were not better because they didn't hold your hand. They absolutely held your hand. A game like Pac-Man, there is a uh, eight-page manual here full of text that, t- that holds your hand on how to play. Just because there's no in-game tutorial doesn't mean there's not a tutorial. It's just they packed it in a sheet of paper in the box instead of having it in the game. And the Raiders of the Lost Ark probably had the same thing, where there was a manual and they expected you to read the manual. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, back before I was 29, and everybody's like, nobody reads the manual. And then they complain, oh, the game's too hard. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. But I don't read the manual. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a real boy now. I'm a big boy now. I don't need to read the manual. I'm going to be somewhere next month, uh, but I'm also going to be somewhere next week. Uh, so if you are in the Atlanta area and you are going to MomoCon, which is the big anime convention, last time it's been ha- held in person was 2019. Uh, it is taking place next weekend, Memorial Day weekend at the Georgia World Congress Center. I am going to be down there on Saturday just as an attendee. I bought a badge. I'm not covering anything. I'm not streaming from there, even though they've got a whole streamer presence. Uh, I'm not going to be part of that. Uh, maybe next year. I don't know. Um, but, uh, you can, you can actually get like two hour blocks of streaming from MomoCon, uh, if you have your own stream already, like you put in your, you you bring in your, all your overlays for OBS and you put them on a USB stick. Or if you use stream, if you still use Streamlabs OBS, uh, you can download it from their cloud thing. And, uh, you, you basically, you go live on your own personal Twitch channel or YouTube channel or wherever you stream from and you get a two hour block that you can play a game. Uh, they've got PC games set up. You can bring you if you bring your own capture device. You can play like a Switch game and stuff like that. Uh, and you're streaming from Momocon. I am not doing that, um, but I, I do know the people that are running that. I know the director of the streaming stuff at Momocon. So who knows? Maybe next year I'll think of a game that I can stream. But I haven't streamed on Twitch. Uh, so uh, I'm going to be down there. So if you're going to be down there, maybe hit me up. Uh, on on Twitter or on Discord or something, and uh, maybe we can meet up. I've got no appointments or anything. I'm just going down to see what's going on. Uh, I won't be there in the evening because um, Pod Culture Hold Your Ears. There's a sports ball thing going on in the stadium next door that I'm season ticket holders for, so I'm going to be going there for the for the evening. Uh, and then, but uh, I'll be going back to the anime video games. Apparently, they are going to have an arcade. It's a new. It's not Tokyo Attack. It doesn't exist anymore. There's another arcade out of Maryland that posted that they were bringing down arcade machines and pinball machines to set up at Momocon. So uh, I will have my video camera, and so I will show you what's going on with the traveling arcade scene. 
Now the Tokyo attack did not survive the pandemic uh, for other reasons other than just the pandemic. Uh, and I'll leave it at that. But I'll let you know what's going on uh, there. And, um, and, uh, and yeah, so uh, I will let you know. And if you're going to be at Momocon, uh, feel free to hit me up. Save Point is the name, by the way, of of the uh, arcade. They have a uh, physical location in Union Bridge, Maryland, uh, and uh, they are a hybrid game store and arcade. Uh, but they are packing up a whole bunch of stuff uh, to go to uh, to to go to MomoCon. So um, I don't know if they're going to have any Japanese games there uh, or anything like that. But uh, they are. Uh, They've got everything set up. They've got everything in a truck ready to go. So I will see how they're going to be, how that's going to be, because um, I was kind of bummed that Tokyo Attack didn't make it through um, for various reasons. They they didn't make it through. But the main place I'm going to be is in late June, uh, and it's Summer Games Done Quick. Uh, so speedrunning marathon. I've been a part of this uh, in, uh, this event virtually for the past two years now. And uh, the, I uh, have been a pl- uh, host or donation reader for those, time, uh, those four uh, virtual events. So uh, luckily, uh, I auditioned again. Uh, and somehow, I made it to be the top 22 out of about 100 auditions. Uh, so they invited me to come to the actual event. And I can actually tell you now, uh, tentatively, what I'm going to be hosting for. So uh, I am early on in the week. So I am there. Uh, I'm on the air Monday and Tuesday, and that's it. Um, they've, they've, I'm not going to be on the air at any point after that. So uh, if you're going to want to hear me, uh, you're going to be able be need to be watching at these early times. So Monday, June 27th, at about nine o'clock a.m. Eastern, six a.m. Pacific, uh, I'm going to be hosting for Liz Star. She does, she always, when she's on GDQ, she always does like the oddball games, the really funny, oddball, quirky games. This is not in the silly block. The silly block is at a different time. And she's doing McDonald's Treasureland Adventures for Genesis, for the Sega Genesis. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I actually watched a little bit of that speed run that she did on, uh, I think it was Frame Fatales. I don't can't remember if it was Frame Fatales or Fleet Fatales, whichever of the Fatales uh marathons that, that gdq does it's going to be a fun little game uh then right after that pucci uh or pochi i haven't actually looked to see how uh they pronounce their name uh is going to be doing nights into dreams all levels so we're going to have some saturn action uh right after that probably starting around 9 30 a.m eastern 6 30 a.m pacific and then uh, after that it's going to be a two-hour run at about 10 a.m eastern 7 a.m pacific the Pathless. So this is a recent PC title. It's the same developers that made Abzu. Uh, May the DKC is going to be running The Pathless. So it's it's another one of those. Um, it kind of also feels a little bit like uh, Journey in that sense about the way, but it's a little more, uh, I think, action, like a, a little more enemy heavy, but it has that same kind of emotion. Austin Wintory does the music for it. Uh, so it, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, I'm actually going to look up one of the speedruns that made the DKC has done in the past uh, to kind of brush up on it. But I'm going to be hosting those those games on Monday morning, and then Tuesday, June 28th is the four hour block of time that I have 
with 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 someone I've worked with before multiple times, and uh, this is going to be my highlight of the entire week. Uh, Froob, if you remember Froob, Froob runs Yakuza games. That's what he runs. We did uh, Yakuza Six. We had a, we had the rugby baby cutscene, uh, and then we did Lost Judgment at this past uh, event. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Well, Froob is actually going to be there in person running Yakuza Like a Dragon. The longest run on the entire schedule because Final Fantasy X cutscene skips uh, is 10 minutes quicker. It's four hours and five minutes, and Yakuza Like a Dragon is estimated four hours and 15 minutes. Uh, that's going to be Tuesday afternoon, starting about 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 12.30 p.m. Pacific. Going to be going well into the evening hours. It's going to end at about 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern with Halo Infinite coming after it, and then Half-Life Alex is a bonus game. So it's going to be, Tuesday's going to be an amazing, amazing day, afternoon and evening at Games Done Quick. But yes, we're going to be doing Yakuza Like a Dragon. There is uh, a bid war, um, or there's a bid war for the language, which language you use, Japanese or English. There's going to be an incentive to have uh, the couch, uh, including Froob, but not me, thankfully, uh, doing live karaoke of Baka Mitai, because that's always been uh, asked for. That's going to be amazing. Froob totally doesn't want to do it, so I'm going to be pushing for it real, real hard. Uh, but they are also have an incentive to show all the summons, all the Poundmates summons. That's right. That's what they're called. Uh, so if you've ever seen, like, the video of, like, the chicken throwing an egg uh, and, and you know, getting turned into rice or something, that's what those are. Uh, usually those get skipped because it's a speed run, but if they raise enough money, we're going to get to watch all the Poundmates summons at least once. Um, and so the, that's uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so and and I believe there is another incentive because I he said he he put in four incentives and those are three of the four, uh, and I forget what the fourth one is, um, but uh, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be there for the beginning of the week. I'm going to actually be there all week, but you're only going to hear me or see me on the air uh, for those first two days, and it's uh, that's probably good because. Even though I've done four of these, this is also my first event in person. And doing a virtual event is different than doing uh, an, an, an in-person event because apparently in person we have a little few more responsibilities on the stream, uh, whereas in the past I just spoke. Uh, but apparently like there's actually buttons we have to push uh, in person. So I'll get to learn about all that and get to meet a lot of these people that I've been working with virtually. I am very excited about it. Um I got all my stuff in. Uh, flights are expensive. The hotel's expensive. Um, I've got a whole bunch of N95 masks that I just got because everybody's going to be wearing masks even while on the air. Uh, but we're going to make it work. We're going to make it all work. And uh, and I hope to, to see you all there. So if you donate during the runs, um, uh, there's going to be a hashtag you can put in. If you put hashtag Vogue Network at the end of the uh, at the end of your donation comment. Uh, that is that kind of whitelists it, but it doesn't guarantee like it doesn't guarantee that you get to me, but it, you are more likely to get sent up to me by the donation station. Two people read each donation before I even see it. Uh, and they still will block donations that say hashtag Vogue Network. So if you try to do like some kind of uh, uh, inside joke, they're going to block it because they're not going to know what that inside joke means. So um, and don't mention the fact that you love my podcast or anything like that. Uh, you can say that I'm great, but also like mention the, the stream and, and the, the runner and stuff like that. Uh, but don't mention the podcast because I cannot self-promote, which means also I cannot read your self-promotion of me. 
So that uh, that's how you can donate. Uh, donate anyway. Uh, it's Doctors Without Borders is the, the charity this time around. Yeah, and Mike Def says, I'm going crazy like a chocobo for this run. Banned. No, actually, that one probably would get in uh, because they know what crazy chocobo is. Uh, even though they're not running Final Fantasy thirteen too, uh, they know what Crazy Chocobo is. And also another place. Uh, so just in case you are getting uh, into, uh, if you are in the Atlanta area and you don't maybe want to go to Momocon, but you want to go to Pinball, I will say that I will be at the Southern Fried Gaming Expo, uh, July fifteenth through seventeenth. They actually just announced me as a feature, uh, one of the featured guests uh, this past week. So I'm going to be there, and I'm going to be doing uh, at least two panels, uh, one of which is related to Southern Fried, uh, to, to Summer Games Done Quick. I got a little bit of confirmation on that just yesterday. So, uh, so yeah. I will give more information about that closer to the, that, that show. Uh, pinball, arcade, board games, all types of gaming stuff, uh, July 15th through 17th, out just outside of Atlanta. Well, now that we're 30 minutes into the show, let's get into the actual news. Let's get into this and, and go through this pretty quickly, I guess. I had more fun talking about Pac-Man than any of this stuff. Kotaku reports that the video game market is consolidating like never before, and Electronic Arts is scrambling like everyone else. Uh, the Battlefield and FIFA maker, or FC maker, as we talked about last week, recently pursued a merger with NBC Universal. And also held potential acquisition talks with Disney, Apple, and other companies, according to a new report by Puck. While a deal isn't currently in the works, it doesn't sound like EA plans to give up anytime soon. So the NBC Universal news came out earlier this week. NBC Universal is owned by Comcast. It is a division of Comcast. Xfinity is also a division of Comcast. Uh, and I think there's another uh, like subdivision of, of, of Comcast. Um, and so I made the joke that, you know, one company buying another that 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 were both the the worst com- voted the worst companies in America which was like this this internet vote uh totally scientific poll obviously um i thought that was just consolidating too much hate power in one place but uh that deal did not go through uh so um Puck's veteran media reporter Dylan Byers wrote, quote, In recent years, as media companies have taken greater interest in the rapidly growing gaming industry, Wilson uh, and Electronic Arts have held talks with a number of different potential suitors, including Disney, Apple, and Amazon. Sources with knowledge of those talks told me. Several sources familiar with those talks say the EA has been persistent in pursuing a sale and has only grown more emboldened in the wake of the Microsoft Activision deal. Others say that EA is primarily interested in a merger agreement that would allow uh, Wilson, who's the CEO, uh, Andrew Wilson, I believe is his name, uh, to remain as chief executive of the combined company, unquote, which in, in other words, that means they want a lot of money, but still want to run their own company. They just want people to, to give them a lot of money. Um, but it was apparently the deal with NBC Universal that got the farthest along. Uh, Comcast CEO Brian Roberts was looking to spin off the entertainment conglomerate into a separate entity within EA with one version of the deal, leaving current EA CEO Andrew Wilson in charge of the new mega business. Negotiations eventually fell apart over price. Uh... So uh, EA spokesperson John Reesberg told Kotaku in a statement, quote, we don't comment on rumors and speculation relating to M&A, which is mergers and acquisitions. We are proud to be operating from a position of strength and growth with a portfolio of amazing games built around powerful IP made by incredibly talented teams 
and a network of more than half a billion players. We see a very fr- bright future ahead, unquote. Uh, they are losing the exclusive Disney license in 2023. They're losing the FIFA license in 2023. They're losing a, some of their licensing stuff. They're, they're, they're losing. Uh, not sure about the NFL yet. But, uh, yeah, they're in a power, position of power right now. They're trying to, like, maybe get something before they lose a lot of these licenses. So EA is looking to be bought or merged with another company. We'll see how that works out. Something else that happened this week is uh, regarding Nintendo. Now, I'm going to be very careful in not saying a new owner because that's not what this is. Nintendo is a publicly traded company in multiple fronts. I believe it's publicly traded in the U.S. It's publicly traded in Japan as well. Um, But Nintendo has a new investor, and it's not a majority investor. I think it's, it's not like... It's not a a decision-making body, but it still can be controversial. Bloomberg reports that Saudi Arabia's public investment fund took a 5.01% stake in Nintendo, its third investment in a Japanese games company as the industry consolidates. The PIF, as the $500 billion fund is known, said the Nintendo purchase was to make for investment purchases, uh, for investment purposes, according to a filing to Japan's finance ministry. That is the same reason as given with previous investments in the holding is set to take from the Saudi fund Nintendo's fifth largest shareholder, according to data compiled by Bloomberg. Uh, the PIF has been building stakes in the video game makers and esports firms over the past two years, turning to the Japanese market as the weaker yen has made investments more affordable. The Saudi fund disclosed stakes of more than 5% in two Japanese listed gaming firms this year, Capcom and mobile game uh, and online games provider Nexon. Uh, Hideki Yasa, uh, Yasuda, a senior uh, analyst at Toyo Securities, says, quote, Saudi Arabia has been beefing up efforts to create its own content industry, and this series of investments in Japanese game companies is likely a way for them to learn from Japan, unquote. And Nintendo, this, I like this, and Nintendo spokesperson said the company learned about the Saudi investment from news reports and would not comment on individual shareholders. That's the other thing about this, is because it's a publicly traded company, Nintendo can't control who buys their shares. So I thought that was interesting. Nintendo's like, yeah, we learned about that the same time you did. We don't have a comment. Now, Video Games Chronicle has a little bit more background. If you don't know what the public investment fund is, if you've never heard of it, I obviously really haven't. But it is a sovereign wealth fund chaired by Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Uh, So last month, through the electronic gaming development company, the prince acquired 96% of acclaimed Japanese developer SNK, taking over ownership of the Fatal Fury, Metal Slug, and King of Fighters studio. So that is 96%. That is not the 5.01% that he took out of Nintendo. Earlier this year, the nation's fund has been used to invest stakes of more than 5% in both Capcom and South Korean online games publisher Nexon, those investments totaled over $1 billion. In December of 2020, the fund acquired over $3 billion worth of stock in Activision Blizzard, Electronic Arts, and Take-Two. It's set to receive a profit on part of that investment if Microsoft's uh, acquisition of Activision Blizzard is successfully completed. So this is like an investment strategy. 
It is reportedly central to Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman's goal of making the Saudi economy less reliant on proceeds from oil. According to his uh, website, PIF's vision is to be, quote, a global investment powerhouse and the world's most impactful investor, enabling the creation of new sectors and opportunities that will shape the future global economy while driving the economic transformation of Saudi Arabia, unquote. It's also to note that uh, the Crown Prince is not uh, has some shady things going on. Uh, the the journalist uh, murder is, is you know a lot of people blame on the Crown Prince. Um, so th- this is not necessarily all good news. If you care about where who the money where the money is coming from or who's benefiting, um, so uh, but there's a lot of things that that Saudi Arabia is trying to get in on, just like how there's Chinese companies that are trying to get in on a part of this. So. Um, that's that's the downside of having a global economy and having publicly traded companies where you can have, uh, you know, anybody can that's a qualified investor can buy shares into a company. If they have enough money, they can buy enough. And there's enough pe- and current investors willing to sell. Questbus says this is not too similar from what a company like Tencent has done in the past by quietly taking nibbles of companies here and there. It's not good news, but reiterating what I said earlier about stock, anyone can buy it. You can buy stock in EA or Nintendo or Ubisoft. Uh, you can buy stock in, in Amazon or, or or Walmart. Like you can buy stock. Now you probably can't afford enough stock to you know be on the decision maker because you know you won't have enough votes. But uh, you can buy stock and be invested in the company. That's that's the beauty and it's the gamble of the stock market. It's legalized gambling. It's regulated legalized gambling. Also, Questbuster wants to mention about the EA uh, story for earlier. As a side note, uh, Comcast has also been looking to merge with more media in the past few years. They own Sky in the UK after they had a bidding war with Disney. Uh, So, yeah, so I I know that the Comcast conglomerate, uh, which I believe still owns G4, by the way, because I know Comcast started G4 TV back in the early 2000s, and I'm pretty sure they still own it. Um, and I, the revived G4, I think, is a Comcast entity. Uh, so they've been, you know, wanting to do more of that kind of media stuff for a while. So we are going to take a quick music break, and then we will take your calls, uh, possibly, in the Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord. Join the Green Room Voice Chat channel if you want to call in about anything going on in the gaming industry. You're participating with the Bobby Blackwell Show. You're in the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash vognetwork. Hey, it's your friendly neighborhood Mexican, Act Death, and you're participating in the Bobby Blackwell Show. Whether he's right or wrong, his opinion is always something worth listening to. Except for the music breaks. Those sometimes suck. There it is. Some Gimme F. You're welcome. I haven't played that song as a music break in a while, but uh, but Mike Death did not like it. He, he was okay with the one we had tonight. We had a... We had a, we had a really weird like well for me weird other people who like this stuff like a dark suspenseful industrial remix of the Pac Man theme, um, and uh, and yeah so uh, it was uh, it, it sounded like something like straight out of Blade Runner the the song we you don't get to hear on the podcast feed but it's like a, Overclock Remix actually released some Pac Man remixes today May twenty second and it was one of those and like Questbuster like w- thought it was like a, you know an intro to like. 
uh, Blade Runner. He was like, like in the year 20XDX, replicas are illegal on Earth. The person that hunts them is called Pac-Man. It is not called murder. It is simply game over. So uh, that was what we were playing earlier. If you want to leave a bumper, uh, Mike Daffy was like, oh, wow, that audio quality. Yes, it's an old bumper. Nobody sends me bumpers anymore. All you have to do is contact me. All I need is an audio file of just your voice. Uh, to uh, You can send it to me on Discord. Uh, I will choose what DMCA violation I'm going to put behind it. Uh, but uh, audio file of just your voice or a video file of you, uh, just your voice. Once again, I will still put music and I'm going to be putting, I'm going to be editing it with other things around it. Uh, for for the bumper stuff, and uh, and uh, you can just send it to me. I do have an email address, bumpers at bobbyblackwolf.com, but you can also DM me on Twitter. My DMs are unfortunately open. Uh, people have been trying to buy my Pokemon cards, and uh, and and um, or or just on Discord or something like that. So yeah, so we actually do have a caller in the green room. So I'm going to go ahead and bring this caller in uh, and see what's going on here. Bobby Blackwolf show. You are on the air. Who is this? Hey, there's a person who needs to redo his bumper. There's Tech Deft. My, uh, Mike Deft, Aft Deft. What is, what's going on, man? Yeah, even I forget how I'm call. Yeah, <laughs> how my username goes. But yeah, there's Mike Deft. Uh, and I want to talk about the Xbox Series X because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to be a, a new owner, uh, owner of one soon. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, I got... Uh, we have the All Access program now in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So we can get those uh, Xbox, not necessarily for cheap, but at least for uh, a monthly, not necessarily right. too too much fee. It's mm-hmm. like uh, around the same price as the U.S. in terms of of, of an equivalency. Sorry. So, so is this in a Series S or a Series X? A Series X. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize and, they were doing the Series X with the all-access because I thought the whole point was the digital downloads, and that's why they were doing the S's. But that's cool if it's going to be an X. Yeah, it's actually they, – they have both programs mm-hmm. here. Oh, well, well, both consoles here with the program. Mm-hmm. But the S isn't that uh, good in terms of cost. So right. it's like the the X is better because it pretty much uh, is interest-free. Okay. You, you don't pay more for it. So, yeah. That's awesome. But – my question, basically, uh, since I'm gonna be new to the 4K and all that, mm-hmm. all that new stuff for gaming, uh, I, I and since you have one and you have played uh, mm-hmm. some games on the Xbox, I really wanted to ask you what games would you uh, like? W- would you recommend me to test out for the uh, for the Series X? Forza Horizon. Aside that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Forza Horizon is really the best one. Um, uh, honestly, like some of the stuff that you like, let's see here. So yeah, the Forza Horizon is really the big one. Uh, Halo Infinite, like if you get Game Pass, which I, is Game Pass part of it. I don't know if Game Pass yeah. is in Mexico. Okay, two, two years of Game yeah. Pass too. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon. I am going to recommend that. That one looks beautiful in 4K as well. Um, except for that, like for Yakuza Like a Dragon. Um, there's like the you the, it has like your 60 frames per second and your 30 frames per second mode so like the 4K is in 30 fps and then 60 fps doesn't have all the bells and whistles rob roberts recommends no man's sky that one's a good one to to see in in 4K um so uh but ha- halo infinite does look really nice as well in 4K and it runs at 60 frames a second in 4K as well um so th- those are some of the first ones uh that i would say the the, the hard part about xbox 
and I've, I've got another one that I'm going to say in a second. Hard part about Xbox is that a lot of their games are not Xbox Series X specific, unlike a PlayStation 5 where there are games that they make specifically for the PS5 that can't run on earlier hardware. All the Xbox games, except for one, uh, is is made to be run on an Xbox One. Flight Simulator. You want to see some good 4K. Get flight, get flight Simulator, and it's on Game Pass. And that one is Xbox Series X specific. I'll definitely check out Flight Simulator. I have heard so many good things about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I actually really want to try it. Yeah. Yeah, I still go in there every once in a while because I keep adding world updates. And I go in and, you know, I'm like, okay, like I've flown over my house enough, so I don't care about my house anymore. But, like, <laughs> when I'm going somewhere, I'm like, maybe I should fly over, you know, and, and take a look. Like, so I'm going up to Minneapolis for Games Done Quick, and I've flown around. I'm like, there's the hotel that we're at. Here's the, you know, I take off from the airport. I'm like, okay, there's the Mall of America and, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, but that that one, and it it looks great on an Xbox Series X. So do you have a 4K TV now? Yeah, I do okay. have the 4K TV. I, I've had it for quite a few years now, but mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I didn't have the console to right. like really test the the image quality and all that. So so yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I'm really excited to actually get my Series X mm-hmm. and and test like uh, all the games that I may mm-hmm. get on 4K. And especially with Game Pass because yep. again, that 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 service is really good. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, when you're in the Xbox Series X, you're gonna if you you've got an Xbox One, right? Yeah. Okay. So you're used to the interface. So the interface isn't gonna be that different. But in the My Games list, like so, like the the, the My Games area, you can filter it by uh, like by console type, and so you will have mm-hmm. the optimized for Xbox Series S and X, and then you'll have like Xbox One enhanced game or Xbox One X enhanced games. All of those in those categories have been optimized for 4K. So oh, that's if, good it, to know. if it shows up in there, uh, for the most part, it's been optimized in 4K. Some of the later Jackbox Party Packs are also Xbox Series S and X, so they show up in there, and I'm like, you're not getting anything extra from from those <laughs> on Jackbox. But but a lot of times, like the Xbox One X enhanced games also have 4K and stuff. And even mm. though those are Xbox One X games, they still look great on Xbox Series X. Um, but yeah, Forza Horizon four and five are like have dedicated X and S versions. Uh, and if you already had Forza Horizon without Game Pass from your Xbox One, you can run it on your Series X. Um, so you you've got a lot of good choices, especially if you have Game Pass. Yeah, I, I also really want to get back to Forza Horizon five. Mm-hmm. I really, really, really need to finish that game. But yeah, yeah, it's 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 obviously one of the first. Like, yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna play that. Mm-hmm. I actually did wanted some recommendations and mm-hmm. and many of uh, of yours and also chats that have been mm-hmm. uh, at least look like quite good. So yeah, yeah I, I'll definitely try those. Yeah, no No Man's Sky is beautiful. Um, I won't play No Man's Sky on Xbox because I'm 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 weird, and I don't want my gamer score to end in anything but zero and five. And all of No Man's Sky's achievements have gamer scores uh, base eight, so like eight <laughs> points, sixteen points, thirty two points, and I just I can't do that. I just can't do that. So I, I don't play. But I play it on PS5 where it's in 4K and it is beautiful. So, uh, yeah, I like Rob's suggestion there. And Yakuza Like a Dragon is just a great game. And it, it is in 4K on Xbox Series X. Yeah, definitely. We'll check that out, too. All right. Well, congratulations on uh, your 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 new addition to your console family. 
Uh, thanks so much for your call. Hey, thanks for having me. So uh, that is it for me uh, for this. So uh, coming up next here on the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash vlog network is Orange Lounge Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much, much longer than I do, and we like to check in with them and see uh, what's going on over there. And uh, actually, we'll also see if Rob has any uh, recommendations, because I'm sure Mike Deft is still listening. Sacramento, are you there? Hi, I'm here, Bobby. How are you? I am doing well. So I, I, I already said uh, the flight simulator and Yakuza like a Dragon and No Man's Sky and Forza, like Forza Horizon was the big one for me. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have any other good 4K showcases for the Xbox Series X for a new, new uh, Xbox owner? Oh, you kind of named them all. I, yeah. w- I would say Flight Sim is probably the biggest one yeah. for sure. I mean, the graphics in that game are just like really impressive. I, I also love No Man's Sky because, of course, you know, mm-hmm. space and all of that fun stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, like Halo and the first party Xbox stuff mm-hmm. looks really good as well. And it's it's funny because I, I, it's funny when you say i want a 4k game but not forza it's like but forza is it like yeah so like of course that's the one we're going to start with but mm-hmm. i think there's a pretty good pretty good list going i'm actually trying to pull up there's a there's an app for game pass that's available on mobile and mm-hmm. i always find that that's a good place to look stuff yeah. up um now i don't know if i would recommend it for 4k showcase but that tunic game yeah. that just came out on game pass i think is right up uh mm-hmm. Def's alley because that's uh very inspired by uh classic uh, zelda types of games mm-hmm. um Otherwise, I mean, you could always, you know, take a look at things like Skyrim um, mm-hmm. and things that have been like enhanced for Series X, even mm-hmm. though, you know, they're from the last gen and so forth. Or no, actually, God, Skyrim's way, way yeah. old at this point. But, you know, they've, they've they've upped it up a little bit yeah. here and there. So, yeah, I'm trying to squick, quickly go through the list that I have on my app and see if there's any others um, that jump out yeah. at me. Maybe Titanfall, if that's your thing. Yeah, but yeah, like there you'll even find in there like good one, good at four K, like some good four K games. Like they kind of do some categories in the in the Game Pass app on the Xbox, especially where they'll mm-hmm. kind of group things together uh, mm-hmm. and stuff. So, but yeah, like Forza Horizon is really all you need for for your four K. Forza Horizon and Flight Sim, you get your road and your air, and what yep. else do you need? I guess sports, if that's the thing you're into. I'm sure the sports games look very lovely yes. in 4K. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So FIFA looks great in, in 4K, uh, which uh, I believe it is now on the EA portion of Game Pass. It's on because EA's Game Pass is on there. Uh, but also right. MLB The Show, if you're into baseball, MLB The Show does actually look really good in 4K. Okay. And so that that's on Game Pass as well. So, yeah, and I'm trying to think, like, there there are some some other things. It's just I haven't. Really play. I mean, I'm so used to it now. It's like, all right, which ones are? are I mean, they all they all look great now, yeah. you know. And really, a lot of what the Xbox Series X gives you is not just graphical quality, but also it, you can do so much and have it be sixty frames a second, which perf- is yeah, something. The, perf- the performance and the yeah. loading times. It's yeah. great. Yeah, and I mean, like even the PlayStation games, like yeah, you can get the nice 4K in thirty frames a second, but you also can get a lot going on in sixty frames a second that maybe doesn't have the nice ray tracing and things like that. Um, You know, maybe if if you want to try Cyberpunk, I hear Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven actually runs pretty well now, and I think their next gen version is coming soon, and that's going to look great in four K. Yeah, you know, it might not still play great, but it's going to look great. It looked great when I played it already, Uh, but that was the Xbox One version. So, uh, what else are you going to be? Well, actually, you you do know, like you had some good comments about Pac Man, and mm-hmm. uh, so Pac Man's birthday has Pac Man been a classic game of the week? I'm sure it has been. 
I think it has to have been. I'd be very surprised if it wasn't, but I'd have to consult our wiki yeah. to find out. I'm sure certain derivatives of Pac-Man have shown up, too. Yeah. Um, like Baby, baby Pac-Man, I talk about all mm-hmm. the time on the show yeah. because that was a very unique uh, pinball meets video game type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I always uh, was a big fan of that. Yeah. Yeah, I actually had like other Pac-Man stuff, but I realized like some of it's still at my parents' house. And I was just there today, so I'm like kicking myself for not realizing earlier today. Uh, but like, I actually had one of those little, like, the, one of the original like table machine games, like the table arcade games, not mm-hmm. the ones they have now. But like, this was something in the '80s, so it was the LCD screen, oh yeah, you know, or the 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 LEDs or whatever. Like, so it was it was very low tech. I had that, and then I had a mug that cracked, but I still had the mug, but it had lenticular. Pac-Man on it so like you would rotate it and the ghost like the w- the angle you looked at it Pac-Man would get the power pellet and the ghost would turn blue and Pac-Man would chase the ghost and stuff it was it was neat and it got cracked it got chipped but I think it's still in my old room there and I I should have brought it so I could have had it on the table and shown it so happy birthday Pac-Man May 22nd 1980 first arcade machine in Japan for Pac-Man um Dark Tetsuya does point out we did do Pac-Man on episode 323 uh. All right. This is a little while ago. I don't blame you for forgetting. Yeah. <laughs> and Super Pac-Man was 481. So. Yes. All right. That's one of my faves. Yeah. So uh, what else are you going to be talking about? I, well, actually, my favorite Pac-Man is the GameCube uh, Pac-Man Versus. That's my favorite That's Pac-Man. A fun one. It's a fun uh, one. Which they did do, which you can play on Switch now through the Namco Museum Collection. You just need two Switches for it. I'm yeah, I'm excited to check out that new uh, Pac-Man museum that's coming out this next week uh, or yeah, this this week on uh, and it's on Game Pass. Yeah. Funny enough, since we were just talking about that. So um, it'll be fun to check that out. A little weird mm-hmm. that Ms. Pac-Man isn't there. We all I think mm-hmm. we all know at this point it's the license yeah. stuff is yeah. very weird with that and it's affected arcade one ups, too. But yep. um, yeah, so it's uh, but it'll be neat to check out. Yep. All right. So now that I've tried to ask three times and interrupted myself, what else are you going to be talking about on Orange Lounge Radio tonight? Well, you know, one game we talk about a lot lately that we love is Dead by Daylight, and uh, Dead by Daylight is going a very interesting direction, as they just announced in their um, sixth anniversary special, with a spinoff game that is a dating simulator. So we'll talk a little bit about Hooked on You tonight. Uh, we'll also talk about, uh, this is kind of interesting, the the actual list of support for what old PlayStation games are going to be a part of the PlayStation, uh, the new PlayStation Plus that's coming out. Uh, it's it Here's a hint, it's way under the 350 50 that was in the original press release but it sounds like they're going to have full trophy support which i think is very interesting do does the trophies make retro stuff uh something you want to check out again i think it's kind of neat um and then lastly ooh, some big controversial changes in pokemon go people are mad again niantic just can't seem to get it right with their audience and we'll try to get down to the bottom of why on tonight's olr i had not heard the name of the game yet i just the Dead by Daylight game. I had not heard that. I'm like, I just lost it. Oh, yeah. Hooked on you. Yep. Yes, that's that's I it. Just, yep. I just lost it on that. <laughs> I know. It's it's silly, but I love it. I love it. Orange Lounge Radio is, are, are you hooked on the audience? Are you, are you Always. Always. Orange Lounge Radio is hooked on you and is going to be coming up next. Thanks so much, Rob. Thanks as always, Bobby. Uh, so now that is it for me. I will be back next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, Memorial Day weekend. It is a long weekend here in America. I will still be here on Sunday night doing the show as normal, even though Monday is a uh, national holiday here uh, to uh, pay respects 
to uh, to, to the servicemen we have lost uh, in the past. That's what Memorial Day is supposed to be. Um, so uh, I will be here next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Vogue Network. Join us and interact with the show directly. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter at Bobby Black Wolf. I, I do have a TikTok account. And I actually, like, both my arcade, uh, pinball machines got used at the same time this weekend. It was great. Some of my neighbors came over. So I posted, like, a little short TikTok that nobody's going to care about. Uh, but it's over at Bobby Black Wolf over there. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and yeah, so uh, that's, that's where I'm going to be or our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord. If you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone. The show's not for everybody. But it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet. But we had a hype train. And uh, we the, the thing that helps this network uh, do what it does is uh, the fact that it, we, can, uh, we can pay the bills. And that's what we do with people that go above and beyond with bits and subscriptions on Twitch. So I want to thank everybody that went above and beyond. Mike Deft resubscribed and gave the Jam Wolf emote multiple times. 41 months is how long. 41 month streak. Well, not to be outdone, Orange Wright also jam wolfed with 41 month streak resubscription. Thank you so much. Pod Culture resubscribed after 35 months, which is great because I know I talked about sports ball and uh, Pod Culture is still here. So thank you for putting up with the sports talk every once in a while. He also gifted a sub uh, to Thower66. Thank you so much for that. And uh, this guy, Bobby Blackwolf, who, oh, that's me. Uh, I because uh, I like to get the emotes, so I hopped over because this 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 hype train happened before I was live, so I could actually like do other things. Uh, so I gifted five subs because I'm like five people need more access to our archives, and I'm gonna pay for it. So the Breakman, who uh, I don't think was here tonight, but the Breakman can now have uh, emotes in chat. Finara, Sacred Jade, Null V, and Heart of Lorkland. Uh, got uh, community gift subs. The way community gift subs work on Twitch is if you viewed, uh, were in the chat or, or viewed the channel, watched the channel, idled in the channel, uh, if somebody gives community gift subs, Twitch just randomly gives them to people who have been in the channel. Uh, so that's that's random. I didn't pick them, uh, but uh, it's, it's awesome that they've gotten subs anyway. Uh, Fifth Dream resubscribed said, is this the place where I place my order? I'd like it. Um, hang on. I think it's this one. Is this the place where I place my order? I'd like a double cheeseburger, curly fries, iced tea, and an ice cream cone. Thanks. Okay. Uh, that's what Fifth Dream said. Uh, we also got some cheers. Bits, people who want to get on the emotes. DJ Ron S cheered 250 bits. Thank you. Orange Wright cheered 50 bits. Thank you so much. And Rob Roberts cheered 500 bits to get us up to level four hype train. And then Loki also resubscribed tonight. Thank you so much for that resubscription. How did we do? Where did we go up? We uh, completed at level four. Community contributed a total of 10 subs and 800 bits during that hype train. Thank you so much for that. Um, yes. Uh, so, all right, I'm going hit to the, hit the button here uh, to hit the button to go ahead and get out of here. Thank you so much for your generosity. Momocon next week. Summer Games done quick in late July. Southern Fright Gaming Expo in, uh, in, in July. We're going to have a lot of fun. See you next week, though. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys, or your mom, although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.